The following program is sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of EricIsMyBanker.com. Welcome to Open House with Team Reba. Each week, Team Reba will be bringing you a roundup of real estate and mortgage news, along with information about the local Puget Sound region, highlighting some of the best and brightest entertainment options, family events, neighborhood highlights, and local business interviews, so you can feel right at home in the Pacific Northwest. Welcome once again to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hassett, Team Reba, Remax Metro East Side. Happy Saturday. I'm Eric Osnes from ericasmybanker.com. Well, happy Saturday right back well, at you. Well, there you go. We're here every Saturday from 2 to 3 o'clock bringing you information on real estate and finance. And all things related with there smiles on our faces. That's right. That's right. Another busy week out there for home buyers and home oh, sellers. And it has been. Yeah. What's going on with the market right now? Uh, well, it's been feeling, well, as you know, and we'll talk about interest rates here in a little bit, interest rates having bumped down a bit mm-hmm. has uh, created a little bit of a bump in activity. Well, it was a combination of, you know, we had the snow just recently. And in fact, actually, the snow caused me to go out and buy a new vehicle because <laughs> I get trapped <laughs> otherwise in my old sports car. Right. But, um, you know, that whole thing is... Um, affecting what's going on. One, we had some demand. It also slowed down the pace of listings coming on market. So there's uh, more buyers in the market than there are listings and even price reductions that are happening. So we're still seeing a lot of stuff coming on, but it's still not outpacing the buyers. Now, I won't say it's a two-to-one ratio like we had had for a really long time and what caused our big fast-paced market for a while but it's just slightly better than a one-to-one ratio. Okay, so right? things are picking up steam here. Oh, my gosh. We're still seeing, you know, just like we were talking about last week, we're still seeing at least 20% of the property selling at or above list price within the first week of being on market. Right. I've had quite a few customers actually miss out on offers now where they, mm-hmm. they thought they could just kind of take their time. Oh, and, yeah. You know, think about it, you know, over the yeah. weekend or whatever. Don't rush and, me. Yeah, don't rush me. And then all of a sudden there's They're five like, other offers oh, on this house. Oh, but the house I loved. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well... Yeah, And that's the whole thing is we're really trying to educate a lot of our customers about the fact that it's like, look, if this is that beautifully priced or perfect condition, well-priced home, it's going to go. It's just going to go. And so we've had that, uh, you know, like I've seen a lot of activity in the Bothell market in that sweet spot of 450 to 600 yeah. uh, down in the south end, you know, especially when we're talking, you know, Kent down through Federal Way and Auburn. Uh, and going into North Pierce County, you know, the 250 to 350 market is still on fire. And even up into the 500s, it's going on, it's on fire. Um, and actually, we're still seeing really good pricing, uh, meaning for new construction going on. Mainview, uh, and they're not a sponsor of this show. Mm-hmm. They're just a, a company that I've sold several of their properties. And I keep an eye on what's been going on with their pricing in the different market areas where mm-hmm. they are here. Right. And they just came on with a new development in Renton that starts at 800 and goes up to 950. Right. And, and that's some pretty darn good pricing for that market area. It's it's aggressive. Matter of fact, I don't mm-hmm. know if you saw, they they advertised during the Super Bowl this year, Mainview did. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah. With some huge price reductions on some of their inventory. Well, I mean, they're still doing specials and things mm-hmm. like that, but you right. know, those prices are probably allowing them to do some of those things. Right. 
But that's but that's well, such so a had, departure a from product. yeah, and it's a huge departure from what we've been seeing in the well, new yeah. construction market. Well, for I've been seeing years. that with almost all of them. But you know, mm-hmm. I had a, a, a so I'm glad you actually asked that question though because I got into a conversation with one of my customers about that because he's like, oh well, I'm seeing. You know, a lot of it, because I do have several clients I'm working with right now who are in the million dollar price point, mm-hmm. right? They're looking in Kirkland and Redmond and uh, Woodenville. Some of them are looking in Seattle and they're like, well, I'm seeing these product, you know, you know, price drops. I said, well, if it's in a development that has a fairly large plat, you know, you got to remember most yeah. of those companies who've moved in here have shell- shareholders behind them and they have to still make their sales, you know, like Toll Brothers has been doing all kinds of different things, both um, putting out incentives for the agents as well as to buyers. Uh, and, you know, and they're a publicly traded company. You know, they still need to make their numbers. So, you know, they're going to do whatever they've got to do to make sure that they get through what they need to do. So yeah. Toll Brothers has been doing it. We've seen D.R. Horton doing it. Um, Quadrant has been doing it. I mean, so, you know, if you're looking new construction, great. But you also have to remember those are in price points where there's jumbos. We also have all those new tax rules. You know, mm-hmm. if your mortgage right. is a mil- over a million, you have other interest rate. You know, For sure. Um, Less deductibility. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's, you know, different things impacting different price points. Mm-hmm. And new construction, those guys, what they also don't seem to realize on the consumer side of things is they forget those guys have massive loans that they've got to meet payment requirements on mm-hmm. too. Absolutely. So they still have to get the numbers in. So, you know, it's, it's business like anything else. And they have to remember that a resale product, well, that's one individual consumer selling a thing. You know, they mm-hmm. don't have five widgets to sell. They don't have 200 widgets to sell. They got a thing and it's just predicated on their life circumstances. A builder's doing a completely different you know, set of circumstances in their environment. Of course. Yeah. They've got, plus not only they've got their existing inventory, but they're, they're, they've got starts going and new exactly. homes going they constantly. Keep the engine running. They have to keep the crews busy and mm-hmm. working and all of those factors to consider. Absolutely. So, and some of these builders are fortune 100 companies too, mm-hmm. you know, so they're not going to make dumb decisions. You know, no, they're, they're no, very, they, very savvy about what they do. They run their numbers. They, they have their, oh, yeah. you know, actuarials. Absolutely. They know what they're doing. Well, speaking of numbers, you want to yes. kind of hear what's going Let's on in our them. markets here? Do we have some actuarial information <laughs> on? <laughs> I don't know about, I don't know about that, <laughs> but, um, but we're, we are now at a 14 month low point for mortgage rates, which Sweetness. is very, very welcome. It was, you know, a few months back, you know, rates were up over 5%. You know, people would say, what's your rate? And it's like, well, we're at 5.125. Like, oh, my God, you know, that's horrible. And it's like, well, depends on your perspective. Yes. You know, my first house was at, you know, 15%. So, you know, it's all kind of depends on when you came into this market. But uh, but right now we're we're actually, we've got a little bit of a rally going. So a 14-month low point for, for interest rates. We're benefiting right now from from a few different things. Um, first and foremost, inflation is tame, and it's inflation that's going to cause rates to rise. Yep. Inflation's just staying very, very benign. We're also seeing uh, some developments in Europe. The uh, some some economies in Europe are are fairly slow right now. Uh, Brexit kind of looks oh, like that's yeah. getting sorted out here. Uh, there must it appears there might be a little bit of a compromise going on with um, with Brexit, and that's actually <laughs> it's breakfast. Blah blah blah. blah. <laughs> it it's does actually, sound like a breakfast it's, item. <laughs> it's helped us a little bit, you know, with with our with our rates. But the big one is inflation, and, yeah. and as long as that stays relatively 
you know, calm, uh, we'll, we'll be, you know, seeing these, these mortgage rates staying relatively stable. So just this, this recent drop of, a, or, you know, it's, it's really impacted a person's buying power. Uh, today, the national average for a 30-year fixed rate conventional loan is 4.41%. Nice. And uh, that's just so nice to see. 15-year fixed rates were just hovering right at the 4% mark. Uh, FHA and VA loans, 4.08. Nice. You know, if you're a veteran out there, gosh, mm-hmm. give us a call because, you know, these are just fantastic rates. Well, and that was a conversation. I can't remember if it was a mutual customer of ours or not, but someone had a question of, well, can I use VA and have 40% down still? Sure. I was like, yeah. Yeah. yeah you well, can I, even buy a house for a million and a half dollars and yeah. use VA and you'll have a little and bit FHA of a down payment. the same way, right? Cause, I mean, well, it's not got a million the, and a half, but I mean, you could if you wanted to. But, right. But like with yeah. FHA, you can do the same thing mm-hmm. as long as that rate's low. You don't have to be a less than 20% for to you use FHA. Don't. Do you? However, with FHA, you will pay PMI mortgage insurance on it, regardless of how much you put down. Oh, really? Yeah. So we we would shy away from FHA okay. unless unless we have to. Now VA, there is no PMI. There is no mortgage insurance. You put zero down. Oh, you know what? Now I remembered which deal it is. I've got a lot of deals in the pipeline <laughs> right now. Sorry, it's actually one of the buyers of one of my listings. Uh huh. Okay. They, they're doing FHA because I remember asking oh, the agent. Doing about, a I was big like, "Why payment? are they doing FHA mm, and they're forty percent down?" Yeah, I figured it was credit. Yeah, because she kept saying they kept, kept having to work with their lender. Yeah, FHA is a little bit more lenient. As a matter of fact, you can have a credit score mm-hmm. as low as around five fifty and still be yeah. able to use FHA financing. Where with a conventional loan, you've got to be up over six hundred, six twenty. You know, right. to, to go conventional. Yeah. Um, but um, FHA and, and VA and conventional right now are are loan limit. Mm-hmm. In King Pierce, Nahomish counties, is clear up to seven hundred twenty-six thousand five hundred twenty-five dollars. Yeah, that's, that's about the number. price of this uh, property, yeah. actually. There you but, go. Yeah. But in their situation, actually, as I explored it with the buying agent, um, I was kind of like, "Why are why are they forty percent down FHA?" Yeah. Right, because you always kind of want to know who you're doing business with, right? right? And of what, course. what the issues what's, might be. What's, the, what's and, going on? Yeah. You know, well, lo and behold, you know, because we always talk about people are doing things in our industry based on you know positive things happening in their life and and sad things happening sure. in their life, right? And in this case, it was a family, and I, I think this is one of the reasons why their credit wasn't maybe necessarily so good, but they had this opportunity with a big down payment. Mm-hmm. Uh, a parent passed away. Oh, and so they're taking the inheritance. And yeah. moving close to their sister uh, with their family. And okay. so they they were able to get the down payment from the inheritance and probably because they weren't prepared. Because as you know, yeah. um, we work with a lot of people over many months and sometimes years on credit issues. We sure do. Uh, because we find out about those after we meet people from our first-time homebuyer classes. That's right. That's right. Right? And we have a couple of those. Well, we have several of them coming up. That's right. That's right. We'll have a, we put a plan together. And it's yes. like, all right, you know, this is this is what you need to do if you want to get yourself ready to buy a home. Mm-hmm. And you know, some some customers are willing to do that and jump in there and 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 do the hard work. Yep. Others are BTR, uh, born to rent. Oh, <laughs> well, you yeah. know, no, I thought you were going to put something else together. No, with no, that. no, I wasn't no. sure what it was. No, but I, you know, I want to say to our listeners. Um, we love it when people come to those classes and they get all excited about the possibilities. Absolutely. But yeah. the cautionary part is don't jump before 
you know, like they, they say, yeah, we, go we, slow to go fast. We want you to be successful. We want you to be successful. So if you jump into it before really setting yourself for a down payment right. and or closing costs, because the thing that we've been seeing in some cases is agents who take someone like that and then they run out. They get them excited. And they get them all excited. Yep. And yep. while the market has shifted some, we don't still always have sellers who are willing to give 3% closing costs right. to your zero down down payment assistance buyer. Right. Right. So you got to be super cautious and be prepared. And it's yes. better to have that put in place first and really work on your budgeting. Because if you're doing a bad job of budgeting to begin with and you don't prep before you buy, you might find yourself in trouble. You got it. Well, stay tuned. We've got more Open House with Team Reba. When we come back, we've got a great guest here. Randy Banneker will be talking about land zoning. There you go. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1590. The Answer. Back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from ericismybanker.com. And I'm Reba Hass from Team Reba. That's right. So, Reba, before we jump in, if somebody has questions for you, how can they reach you? Info at teamreba.com if they want to send it via email. And depending on what they're trying to contact us about, mm-hmm. if they want to sure. know uh, you know, some information about real estate, it, it will get con- – you know, somebody on my team will see that. Right, right. right. Uh, they can also do it to Reba at TeamReba.com. If you want it confidential and you don't want it shared among my team, go ahead and use Reba at TeamReba.com. If you want to know about our classes, though, we do have a new landing page for that, and that's TeamRebaClasses.com. TeamRebaClasses.com. Yes. And you, of course, can find me on all kinds of levels of social media. I'm on LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, individually, as well as our team page. I mean, we, we're all over. I know, I'm everywhere. Well, that's right. <laughs> well, me too. Not quite to the level that you are, but I'm out there too if you need. If you have financing questions, mm-hmm. and every financing situation is a story problem. I love solving story problems. So yes. you reach you were out. that nerd in math. I was. I know my eyes <laughs> light up when I see a big, ugly tax return. And <laughs> they do, Bring actually. it on. Yeah, we just try You're and sick. solve these things, figure these things out. But you can always reach me at ericismybanker.com or you can email me eric at ericismybanker.com you can call me pick up the phone i'm at 206-915-ERIC e-r-i-c yes so there we go yeah my phone is found online pretty easily but it is 206-910-3429 you can text or call me about these classes yes so we've got lots of classes coming up um, so, and, and of course, as we've talked about on the show, we're starting to move them around a little bit in terms of both location and time. That's so, right. Cause we know that lots of people have al- alternative schedules. So we have March 23rd is coming up soon. And that is one that is a Saturday down in Tacoma at right. a home. Can we call you guys Homebridge yet? No, Home Street. It's yeah. still Home Street. Yeah, 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 so yeah. Home Street Bank in uh-huh. Tacoma. Yeah. Again, go to teamrebaclasses.com where you can sign up and we'll get you the information and confirmation. And then we've got 
the 28th, where you and I are teaching together. That's right. That's a Thursday. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be at the Renton Chamber of Commerce downtown at the old train station. Yes. Yes, on 4th Street. That'll run in the evening, 4 to 9 p.m. Correct. Yes. That one. Yes. And that will have uh, some interesting snacks and beverages available for everybody. Absolutely. Yes. And then uh, after that, we have April 17th, which is going to be a Wednesday. And I believe we've chosen... Urian for that location? Actually, Tuckwilla. That's oh, going to be at the Claim Jumper. Oh, that's right. That's in, right. Down at South Center. That'll also be an evening class, 4 to 9 p.m. Yeah, and if you order food, you'll be able to eat for a week. <laughs> well, I will be ordering food. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. No, There's we'll have we always so feed much. we always feed our, our students. Well, we feed their brains and we feed their bellies. That's right. Yeah. So there'll be no exception. That one we'll see how that goes. Maybe we'll make it into a big happy hour or something. I think that would be amazing. Yeah. Yes. It might be kind of fun. I think it would be a very good thing to I do. I know, I'll have fun. Yeah, speaking of happy hours, we are gonna be um soon planning our next team reba happy hours i was just talking with my marketing guy this week uh russ woods and i are trying to do more localized happy hours Mm -hmm. with um, clients and people who are interested in getting to know us to work with us so we did one um, up on capitol hill just a month or so ago Mm -hmm. that was really well attended and a lot of fun and we're thinking we're looking at either Renton, Burien, Tecuilla, somewhere in that location kind Excellent. of thing. But before we get too far along on anything else, I want to also send out a big thank you. Most people who listen to our show know that I'm on the Foundation Scholarship Board for Renton Technical College. Mm-hmm. And I did a little mini fundraiser myself for the college uh, last Saturday. And I want to thank... Very heavily, Bill Raniger and Duke Moscrip of Duke's Seafood and Chowder mm-hmm. um, because they donated time, effort, planning, food, and beverages for this event. Um, I had a group of a dozen people, and it was used to become a fundraiser for the culinary program at Renton Technical College, and it was just an amazing event. And he had... Um, uh, his wife, Lisa, who was there, and one of the staffers, uh, one of their other executive chefs, uh, regional chefs, uh, who was part of that. And it was just an outstanding event. So I want to thank them publicly uh, for that you know, good work that they do. Because he's also very involved in Fair Start. And it was really great because he came to the culinary event that we have in November as part of our Celebrity Chef when we had Tom Douglas mm-hmm. this last year. So just love people getting involved, engaged. And the reason I partly bring that up too is that that culinary program helps get good jobs for people who are going to the school, as well are all the programs that we have at the college. And part of what our guest, Randy Banneker, is here to talk about is you know, land use and rezoning but the reason why we need it is because of the jobs that are coming here. It's all like about we, the jobs. Yeah. We do, you know, trade schools for, you know, job ready placement and good paying jobs actually for that. A lot of people always think about the tech sector and Boeing here, but it's all of these jobs and all of the changes going on in the cities locally and density that's causing that to happen. So I kinda wanna use that to Morph right on into this conversation with Randy. Absolutely. Banneker. Really happy to have you here today. So Randy Banneker of Banneker and Associates, thanks again for joining us. Thank you. Great to be here. Yeah. Be well, here again. So yeah. tell us a little bit about Banneker and Associates. Tell us what you do. 
Sure. So I think the, the best way to explain it is I work with companies and organizations that are trying to do something with government or have government not do something to them. And I focus on, on uh, cities and, and regional governments. And candidly, in, during the past several years, it's been a lot of defense. It's mm-hmm. been tough to mm-hmm. um, be a business and, um, and work through a lot of the, the regulatory uh, headwinds that sure. have come your way. Sure, sure. We've never discussed that ever on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Every week, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> but I do a lot of land use. Um, and, and, and that is a very challenging topic in our region and I think will continue to be for some time. Well, housing and housing affordability is is something that I don't know of a single politician out there that isn't talking about it. But do their words always match their actions? Here's the tough part. That's a subtle question. (laughs) Um, We all want uh, affordable housing. Mm-hmm. Or housing affor- affordable housing is is a bit of a term in that it it for a lot of people it implies subsidized housing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I oh, kinda, see, and I never think of it like that. You don't. No, I, I get it though. I yeah. totally get it. I mean, yeah. a lot of people suddenly think like, oh, Section Eight, well, or, 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 or or rent control, or rent, yeah, you know, things yeah. like that. Yeah, I totally yeah. get it. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. just always think affordable housing of like having a pool of housing that works for what everyone's income strata is. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, our goal uh, ought to be, uh, our public policy goal as a region ought to be, let's make sure there is housing available to people throughout the income range. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And let's um, let's have policy that gets people on uh, a home ownership track as soon as possible so they, they can build equity. It's like the work mm-hmm. you guys are doing with the uh, the new buyer education. Well, and we need that. And in, in fact, last week mm-hmm. we were talking about the the national percentage of homeowners is is at a very high point now, over sixty three percent. But on the West Coast, it's not. We're we're still hovering around the sixty percent mark, and it needs to go higher. But affordability is the key issue there. We've I've I've heard one person talk about uh, home ownership is the ultimate form of rent control because you are now in command. True. Of what you're going to pay for housing. Right. Yeah. And and that's a that's a good thing to think about. I think yeah. that's a good way to no, look at it. No, I like that concept. Actually, we should probably start using yeah. it in our class. I kind of like it a little bit. Yeah. You know. You want rent control? <laughs> Buy a house. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Sure. Oh, okay, so I'm going to throw something from way out of left field. Um only because it's been on my mind a whole lot. Um because when we talk about rent control, and we're thinking of, you know, what city of Seattle's trying to do and some other places. Um, I have a concern from a new direction on control over rent, which is there are outside forces starting to buy up a lot of single family homes in the United States that I worry about where the home ownership rate can eventually go. Because mm-hmm. many of these people that are institutional investors are starting to snap up property and they can buy and hold forever. Mm-hmm. And then that is going to really impact, I think, the housing stock itself. And who can, I mean, the haves and have nots is going to get even more divided when we have these ultra mega individuals and organizations who begin to start snapping up because I I look at it from this way, Eric, like we saw when the city of, and this is where city of Seattle needs to 
pay attention with their council members and who they're pissing off. Because we went years when rents were pretty good that small landlords could hold on to their properties and provide mm-hmm. affordable housing. And as soon as all of those ridiculous rules came in, the first thing that started selling, we had the big institutional investors swapping, but they're always swapping. But these small landlords have been selling their places in droves right now. Yeah, they just are sick, fed up with, with the bureaucracy. And some of the people who will be buying some of those are not going to be individuals. They're going to be investment groups and whatnot, and they're going to hang on to those suckers. And it's I personally think it's going to create a, a big backlash later. Well, and, and this is why I'm really glad that you're in here today too, Randy, because there's two things that – that um, really impact this. So land use is the one, and, mm-hmm. and we were talking a little bit during the break. So uh, how does how do the land use laws now relate to accessory dwelling units, for instance, ways yes. that we can increase density you know, in our neighborhoods, but also help mm-hmm. out, let's say I'm a, a first-time home buyer. Right. I want to buy a home. I'm, I'm struggling to get what I want. That yep. house had an ADU in the back. I can collect rent from that ADU, and that's right. going to help me buy that house. Right. So, yeah, what a, what an awesome tool. And and most most communities in our region are are working through allowances for accessory dwelling units. So these are you okay. know we, you hear accessory dwelling units, you hear uh, ADUs, you hear DADUs, which are detached mm-hmm. ADUs. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, they're also commonly called mother-in-law units. Right. right. So they can be internal to the house or external to the house. But Eric, like you said, if um, if you purchase a house that has an income stream and an ADU, that can help you qualify mm-hmm. for the purchase of that house. So that's good news for, for new buyers. For existing buyers, I think it offers a, an option of stability. You mm-hmm. may be an empty nester. Mm-hmm. Um, you could you could build a backyard cottage, move into the smaller unit, and then rent the larger the main. Well, hold that thought. We got yeah, lots more questions on that. Lots and more to cover on all of that. We're just going to pay a couple quick bills here, and then we're going to be right back with Randy Branicker. Stay tuned. More open house with Team Reba. We'll be right back. If we only had an ADU. Open house with Team Reba on AM fifteen eighty. The answer. to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hass of Team Reba, Remax Metro East Side. And I'm Eric Austin is here from ericismybanker.com. Yeah, you're getting really smooth with that. Getting it down. Yeah. Getting it down. Yeah. Get, yeah. get down with ericismybanker.com. Lots going on in banking right now. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. So, But we'll talk about that another that'll time. That'll be some other time. Yes. Because yeah. yeah. right now, I want to get right back into... What Randy was discussing at the end of our last segment. Right, right. So Randy, Randy Branneker and with uh, Banneker, sorry, <laughs> thinking of that John Wayne movie. Uh, Brannigan. <laughs> no, that was Brannigan. Uh, anyway, so Randy Banneker, Banneker and Associates. <laughs> Say that three times really fast. Uh-huh. And uh, But we're talking land use and, and how that impacts you know, us locally, pe- people hear that word right. land use is like, oh, my eyes are glazing right. over. And what does right. that really have to do with me? Mm-hmm. It can have tons to do with. Absolutely. With so we were talking about ADUs, accessory dwelling units. So right. some want them, some don't want them. Uh, you know, the government wants us to increase density, but the local municipalities, 
What do you what, what what's well, going on with that? I mean, so, and, and is it coming also from Growth Management Act, or is it really some other external force? I think it's it's a combination of things. So the external forces, as as you alluded to earlier, is just this terrific job growth we've got mm-hmm. going on in the mm-hmm. region. Yeah, and and you know jobs have to go somewhere at night, and that's a house. And you mean employees, and, right? Okay, I was like, the, jo- the jobs you know I mean? are leaving. You, I mean, you, you create a new job, and that job is filled, and that job just doesn't disappear. It has to, um, it has to to go home. Uh, yes. that that individual. And so, um, ideally, we want that person to live to have the opportunity to live as close to where yes. they work as possible. Mm-hmm. Quality of life, you know, you know, not a not a crazy commute. Right. And, and so um, and even our schools are impacted by that because we heard that yeah. at that East King County Coalition for Chambers recently. That's right. That's right. Um, it, it, you know, schools uh, obviously have to respond to that growth. They have to mm-hmm. dial up and dial down their physical plant and their and their program. Right. But we even heard like how teachers in Redmond, oh, yeah. they keep churning because what teachers get paid. Right. And the cost it would be for them to live in Redmond, they can't do it. And so now they're driving an hour one way every right. day. And so they churn through teaching staff because no one can, ha- I mean, given the hours and stress that teachers have in their jobs, I mean, I, you know, I'd probably go mental too and decide, eh, I need to go somewhere else. You know, I think, I think in central, well, I think in the core, you know, uh, of, of, Seattle, Bellevue, Renton, Kirkland, Issaquah, uh, that median income earner has a real challenge finding mm-hmm. housing. Yeah. And that is going to continue until we get really serious about ensuring that there are there is zoning that would allow the market to build the housing to meet that demand. Right. And it, I just want to throw out a number at you. The, the Puget Sound Regional Council is the entity in central Puget Sound that does the forecasting for population mm-hmm. and jobs, and it also has a transportation and, and, and growth planning responsibility. So their number is our, our region will grow by an additional 1.8 million people by 2050. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. about 850,000 households. Yes. Wait, wait, wait. So 1.8 million, and we're at, for this region right now, what, around three? I think no, so. it's higher. Maybe it's a little it's bit higher. Than seven. Three, okay, three, three and a half. Okay, or three and a half or so. Yeah. Wow. So, so almost a, doubling. Yeah. yeah it's you know, we number. should actually get them back on because we had uh, Josh Brown, who was the executive director, on back in October of 2017. Right. Yeah. So and, and so that back. number, you know, those that organization is pretty conservative. So so that mm-hmm. number could even be modest. Right. Right. Yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah. And and so you start doing the math that that you've got. 31 years to deliver these units. Right, and, and, right. And we're going slow. I mean, the, the the back of the napkin math I did just for King County's, King County share um, would be about 450,000 units over those 31 years. And we can only build right now maybe 2,000 units a, a year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yikes. And we need, yeah. and we need. A single so if family, you, right? That's making us sound like a San Francisco or a San right. Jose. So that's the risk, Correct. right? That we that either you have to be wealthy to afford to live here, mm-hmm. or you have to be poor enough to qualify for subsidized subsidized housing, housing, which, by the way, only serves a fraction of the need. Right. Oh yeah. Well, and, and, and where has that ever really worked? 
I mean, it, mm, if we talk never. rent control, for instance. <laughs> well, there, you know, anywhere. I think we've got we. Uh, to be fair, we have organizations throughout the region that that provide uh, subsidized housing, and you know, it's it's public dollars, uh, housing le- Seattle housing levy dollars, things like that. Oh, that 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 serves an absolute need. That's, uh, but that's a safety net. Yes. And and as prices go up, there's it's impossible to maintain that. You know, right? With, well, as, as prices go up, more and more people need the net because mm-hmm. right. the market right. isn't able to respond to the well, net, and the market is constrained because it doesn't have the underlying zoning to, absolutely. to meet the demand. So that's where we get into things like strategies like ADUs, which. Mm-hmm give us an opportunity to get more bang for the buck out of each square foot mm-hmm. right. of, of land. Um, and that's in a residential setting. We can also look at, you know, more multifamily products that are that are zero lot lines mm-hmm. and townhouse type developments, mm-hmm. mid-rise condominium, uh, things like that that can very gently uh, boost the 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 density in the available units without without turning the the look and feel of the community on its ear right and, you know i think that's going to be uh a challenge that i'd love to see more builders really truly take on because as the person who sits you know, at least within this studio of the daily conversations of well what do i want in a home well when i start talking about these you know, denser type housing styles, majority of people don't want shared walls. They want their privacy still. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there there are people who are purchasing townhomes because that's all they can afford or a condo because that's all they can afford. But at the end of the day, almost every single one of them still tells me they want to have their own space. And, and they don't want to have to have that feeling. But it, it, we're just going to be getting more and more challenges. This area just really hasn't had a history of good multifamily housing options. Right. And I think because of that, everyone just seems to be really against them. And, and a lot of the people who are moving here right now are coming from really packed areas. Mm-hmm. You know, they're coming from out of country and they're used to having tight spaces, you know? So I don't know. It's, it's, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I actually am on Puget Sound Regional Council's, uh, website right now and looking at the the changes in commutes mm-hmm. right and that also goes back to the impact of transit and everything else because it says the share of commuters travel time greater than one hour and it's saying that you know the percentage of that having got the share of commutes longer than 60 minutes is growing mm-hmm. um, and then they give a rundown of the travel time less than 10 minutes and how much that's shrinking um, and then they've got a scatter chart on here that shows, you know, the percentages of all these. Oh my gosh, there's even some that are longer than 30, 90 minutes. I mean, that used to be one of my things when I had people moving here from Southern California and even in Northern California around Silicon Valley. They don't, I, I have a conversation, I'm like, oh, how far away do you want to be from your job? And they're like, if you can get me under two hours, wow. I'd be thrilled. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. You know, but then again, <laughs> the average Amazon employee that I work with wants to be within 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. But that space is shrinking, which is also why you see, you know, Craftsman Cottages in Wallingford selling for $1.2 now. Right, right. 
And it's so, like Palo Alto. So, so Randy, I'm, so ADUs are one area where we can we can increase our our density. The other area would be condominiums. And, yes. Um, uh, I don't oh, know, yes, you have a, news. Several, well, I don't know, about a year ago now, I guess, I was in a, a, a big panel. It was a mortgage bankers group. We had a panel of builders and uh, top builders in the region. And, and the question was asked, are you interested in building condominiums? And every single one said no. And the question was why? And the answer was litigation. Right. Yep. Because every single condo project that gets built – is litigated because there are roving packs of attorneys out there who will go out there and and uh, convince the homeowners associations to sue the HOA for construct or sue the developer. I mean for construction defects. Right. It will happen, and mm-hmm. and many builders are just not willing to to take on that expense and, and that yeah, risk. It'll happen in that first four years. Yeah, it will because there's a statute that, of limitations. Statute of limitations right. So even if there's you know maybe there's not even anything wrong with them, but they're still going to get sued. And, and that just happens. So as a consequence, we have probably far fewer condominiums in, in our region mm-hmm. than, than maybe our market should, would, would support. So what's going on in that, in that realm? Well, it is good news. And, and you're right. I mean, really, the, the condos that have come out of the ground are very high-end, ultra-high-end condos yep. in downtown Bellevue and yeah. South Lake Union. Yep. Great to have them. Happy that they're they're there, but we need a mid market product. Right. And what's and 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 there's been a lot of work in Olympia for a lot of years. This session, it looks like we're going to get a bill to come out, and that will. I'm not going to go into all the details, but largely that will repeal the strict liability uh, statutory warranty, and it'll enable a developer to cure a defect so it won't it won't get rid of consumer protections but mm-hmm. it will get it will give the builder the opportunity to fix it without costly and lengthy litigation and mm-hmm. we think that will bring builders back to the market and that will bring insurers back to the market yeah i was mm-hmm. going to get to the point of it's usually the insurance part that's you know where yeah. they go cuz like when the builder gets sued because when we're selling condos, and, and Eric knows this too, because we always have to check to find out, is there any pending litigation? Right. And if they do have some or it seems to be you know, closing up, it's like, okay, well, is there an insurance payout or not? Because right. <laughs> that will make all the difference. <laughs> Right. On whether or not or how that... many insurance companies or, you know, how much litigation is going on in that realm as well. Right. Yeah. Well, that's encouraging. Right. So and, and, and so where that goes is if just, you know, your listeners can picture a lot of people want to have an option to um, downsize but stay yes. in their neighborhood. Yeah, right. if, absolutely. If we could have yeah. more condo options close to your neighborhood, close to your friends, but you don't have to deal with the big house you raised the family in. That could be a tremendous win-win. Yeah. You know, I had that happen with a woman lately. Um, she sold her house in the Skyway area and ended up all the way down in Auburn, away from everyone she knew. So it's a, it's a common issue. Well, when we come back, we've got more with Randy Banneker. Stay tuned. More Open House with Team Reba talking land use and zoning. Stay tuned. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1590. The answer. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba 
Welcome back to Open House of Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from ericasmybanker.com. And I'm Reba Hass from Team Reba. And we're here with Randy Banneker from Banneker & Associates, again, talking about land use and how that impacts all of us. And man, oh man, I mean, if you want to see an impact of, of land use, drive down Rainier Avenue. Oh, you know, yeah. Right now, where the, or follow the light rail line, you know, 15, 20 years ago, you know, those neighborhoods were were let's call them in transition. Mm -hmm. And you look at them now and like, I'll give a good example, Othello Street, you know, Mm -hmm. Othello Station. You know, there's tons of new development. There's mid-rise apartments, I'm assuming, are, are most of those retail on the and a lot of townhouses and, and things coming townhouses through as well. And, um, some of our past clients, Kip mm-hmm. and Joey, they bought near there. there they're watching go. all the new growth. That's right. That's right. So, so, um, so that's density, right? Right. So, tell us how that all kind of fits into our 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 plan here for the region. So that's a really unpleasant word for a lot of people, <laughs> uh, right? Because it let's keep a positive spin on this, shall we? <laughs> right. I it, think it's positive. It, uh, Come on, listeners, get positive. People tend not to like change, and I right. and I think that's okay. Um, I but I think the cities need to earn trust a little bit better than they have in the past in right. terms of really um, working with those neighborhoods to put a plan and a and a, a zone a, a zoning program that relates to that plan that is desirable. And doesn't right. look in the rearview mirror to build a code that tries to avoid the last building we saw and didn't like. Right. And yeah. that's kind of what we do. We do a reactionary uh, mm-hmm. land sure. use code process. We, we, yeah, that's we, true. We need to turn that around because yeah. we're making enormous investments um, in, in light rail. Like you said, Eric, mm-hmm. yeah. we're seeing things change, but we could get so much more. So, so we need to, to, to pivot and think about how we can use um, multifamily densities mm-hmm. adjacent to transit areas to really drive some energy and some mm-hmm. vibrance and intensity there and use that also as a tool to protect our legacy single-family neighborhoods. Right. Sure. Oh, I right? 100% agree with you. And, it, and here's part of the thing of I think we – we forget in our urban planning all the other things that need to go along with that. Because I, I hear housing, I hear transit, and it's like, and then there's all the services that need to go with it. Because you can't, it doesn't make any sense to do all of that when everyone might still need to get in their car to go to the grocery store. Right? right. You need all, all of those same services all need to be kind of built in and around it. I know like the city of Renton is you know, looking at moving uh, one of their transit centers and they're hoping that maybe what they could get is a multifamily building with a grocery store. It's kind of like when the um, Westlake 2200 first came in when Vulcan started developing in Southlake Union and they put the Whole Foods plus, you know, condos plus Mm -hmm. uh, a hotel, you know, and all of that and then office buildings. I mean, they have a little bit of what we're all looking for, except for that's probably a little too much than most people could handle. Um, but you do have to have all those services and things available. And that's what most people want. Cause I mean, I'm going to take it even outside of the region here. Like if you've ever traveled say to Paris and you think about the arrondissements or neighborhoods who are there, you know, you get the 13th arrondissement, the fifth arrondissement, and they've got transit centers with their subways and they have their buses and taxis available now, probably Uber and Lyft too. 
but they have all these dense, beautiful buildings mm -hmm. that have wonderful shops on the bottom floors where you can go get all those grocery items, the service items that you need, mm -hmm. and the cafes and restaurants and all of it. And that's what, you know, frankly, millennials up to baby boomers are all looking for. Right. You know, and, and my generation is too. I mean, if I could actually do that, I would. You know, and not right. everybody wants a yard to take care of anymore. So it's a, it, I think it's a transitional thing. So, you know, uh, cities like Paris and, and even Boston and New York, I mean, these cities mm -hmm. uh, were created before the automobile. Right. Out on the West Coast, different story. We're, exactly. We're, we're built our, on it. We were built on the automobile. So we've got a transition into making that density convenient. And it's, it's going to be a transition. And attractive. Yeah, but it's not impossible because uh, so, so sure. you mentioned Paris. Let me I, I, I my favorite little factoid about Paris is actually from um, Matthew Gardner, who's uh, oh, yeah. yep. economist. Mm -hmm. sure. yep, the economist. Um, great, great guy. He he points out that Paris's population is two point two million people mm -hmm. and you could you could fit the square mileage of Paris into North Seattle. And yet the entire population of Seattle mm -hmm. is seven hundred and thirty thousand people. Right. So we're not close to being dense. No. And yet you can Except do... in other ways sometimes. <laughs> right. Sorry. Stop but... looking at me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you can do density in a way that's really wonderful. Like yes. like Paris. Yeah. And that should be that should be what our aspiration is, to think in, in that context. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of all of that, and and if it can be good-looking development that has all of these resources available to it, I mean, I can't even begin to tell you how many conversations I have with people around that every single day. In fact, I, I miss it a little bit. I I used to live in Core Seattle, and in the North End neighborhoods, and I could walk. I didn't have to drive my car everywhere mm -hmm. all the time. I love being able to just walk or take my bike or whatever. And I got, I had everything I needed in any direction. And where I live now, even though I, I like the city of Renton, I'm a mile and a half away. Mm -hmm. And most people want those services usually within about a half mile, if possible, if they're going to make it, a, you know, more of a walkable kind of opportunity for them. Right. So that it, so I do miss that at times, but I also like my neighbors better. Yeah, I hate to say that, but I do like my neighbors better. <laughs> the, the other thing that I think it's important to think about is for for those who would resist the growth that's occurring in their communities is the alternative, which is possible, is to rethink growth management and push out that urban growth boundary. But 25 years ago, we said, no, we're going to try to focus our growth in urban areas so we can protect Rural right. and rural mm -hmm. and resources. Yeah, we'll sites. lose the quality of life that right. is what causes some people to move here, right. or, or for many of us who have moved here, or that we've been here a long time and we love it here. I right. mean, you know, Eric and I are both of two different timelines. I mean, you grew up here and I mm -hmm. moved here thirty right. years ago, but we love the same things about this area. And I don't want to lose those. No, absolutely. Well, and a, and a good example locally here would be Vancouver, BC. Right. You know, right. if you look at Vancouver, mm -hmm. much more gorgeous, dense. gorgeous city. Yeah, love M it. But much, much more dense, and uh, and its condos. Well, right. and I will say, exactly. a lot of the condo developers who try to come down here are from the Vancouver area because mm -hmm. they know they've done it in one other market, and then they they 
get so much resistance and or the liability issues down here? I think it's going to change. And I think, you know, let's 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 look to Vancouver as a great model for really high end design Mm -hmm. and an integration of those. I mean, Vancouver is what it's been so successfully um, with condos is it's integrated into the, the station, the the SkyTrain station. Right. Right. And and so, you know, you have those services there. You've got some community there. You've got a short hop into downtown for for jobs, what have you. And um, we can do that here in a way that is very Seattle-y and, and, and fits. We just have to make sure everybody's sort of on the same page, you know, with yeah. everything. Right. You know, and, and with our, our political leaders and, and, you know, that they're they're not fighting against developers right. that that we have to kind of work right. together on that and if we can maybe get them going that way you know that's uh yeah we could see a transformation of of this region so randy if if people um want to reach out to you is there a good good way to contact you sure it's uh it's uh, uh my email w r b a n n at s e a n e t dot com okay w a, excuse me, uh, say that sorry. again, W-R. W-R, B as in boy, A-N-N. Okay. At CNET.com, S-E-A-N-E-T.com. Excellent. So okay. you also do public relations as well, Randy, correct? Yeah, my largely I, I do public affairs. So my, okay. my, my work is more policy related than it is uh, kind of product marketing related. Got it. Yeah. So not doing any sort of tuition work for, um, you know, movie star Students no, no, no. That's Ivy how we met schools through or the like that. Association of Realtors, actually. Government, government Public Affairs. Well, really glad you were on the show today, Randy. Thanks, Thanks again so for joining really us so much. Again. I learned a ton today. I'm super excited about all the changes coming our way. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday at 2 o'clock. Thanks for joining Thank you for listening to Open House with Team Reba. To contact us, visit Team Reba at re slash max Metro Eastside on Facebook or email info at teamreba.com. Join us again next Saturday afternoon at 2 for more Open House with Team Reba here on AM 1590. The Answer. The preceding program was sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of EricIsMyBanker.com.